Hi, welcome to Totem Talks. I'm Helen Fruin. I'm Mark Smith. And in our business psychology, HR, and all things that we fancy talking about podcast today, we are talking about selective vulnerability. Selective vulnerability as opposed to yes. just permanent vulnerability. Vulnerability. Yes. Yeah. Uh, on the basis that when we talk about vulnerability, if if people have seen any of Brene Brown's content, and if you haven't, where have you been? Go and look up Brene Brown, uh, TED Talks, books, incredible stuff. Uh, or if you've not come across any of Brene Brown's stuff and you've just heard people talking about vulnerability is really important in leadership, you need to be vulnerable in order to build trust. There's a quite strong reaction that a lot of people have to that to say, but being vulnerable you know, what about other people's perception of me then that I'm weak or that I don't know what I'm doing? So how am I supposed to be vulnerable? Yeah, I mean, um, I know a, a fair few sergeant majors who would argue quite strongly against vulnerability in the workplace. There we go. Um, and they get the results that they need. Absolutely. Which is interesting, actually, when I think about that. Uh, let's put a pin in that and come back to it, shall Okay. We? So the idea of selective vulnerability is to say that the, the entire concept of vulnerability is not to say, hi, uh, day one, I'm your new director or I'm your new boss and I'd like to share with you that I have no idea what I'm doing and I'm really nervous about being your boss. You're not going to do that. That's not wise. Mm -hmm. But maybe it would be helpful to share with people the journey that you've been on or share with people where in the past you haven't felt so confident but now you do feel more confident so the concept of selective vulnerability is just to say choose your moments and choose what you share choose wisely i think what you share is is the important thing but how, that, that's the thing so so when you suggested this as a topic for the podcast i was like yeah i get i get the i get the theme of what you're trying to say here but i don't i do feel like i i use vulnerability in the right way but I wouldn't call it vulnerability. I would almost go as far as to say I feel like I'm manipulating people occasionally when I reveal something. Um, and I think for every listener, they should be aware by now that I have completely no shame. So I don't really do well with this conversation because a lot of people say, well, I, I, I feel insecure. I feel nervous about showing vulnerability in the workplace. I don't have any of those issues because I don't care. I'm just going to say what I what I say, and it, you know sometimes that that would come across as me being vulnerable. So I think I'm quite curious about how do you know when to pick your moments when you're going to be vulnerable. Well, I think ultimately you've got to start with what outcome do I want. I'm always going to start with that question. Mm. What outcome do I want in this conversation? Do I want to open up an environment that says this is a safe space? And do I want to build trust with the person that I'm talking to? Because one of the key ways to build trust is to trust. So yeah. if I want you to trust me, I need to trust you. And so one of the ways I can demonstrate that I trust you is to open up a little bit mm -hmm. towards you. And then you're more likely to open up towards me. So if we think about what outcome do I want in this conversation, if an outcome that you want is trust, connection, a sense of building a relationship then being vulnerable or sometimes I think it's better to replace that word with just being open, being a bit more honest. Yeah, really I, I think difference. I'm probably more comfortable in that space because yeah. certainly since we moved a lot of our business online, since I started doing the Open University, which is all taught online, it's become apparent that it's usually me who has to go first. 
in those learning environments. So when the tutor or the, the lecturer who, or whatever says, you know, has anyone got anything to share? There's usually deafening silence for a good five minutes. And it, it occurred to me that actually we just need someone to break the ice and to do so relatively gently to just say, well, actually, I feel like this, just to share a feeling. And that usually starts the ball rolling. And actually, for any anybody who's feeling that they struggle to be vulnerable, I would suggest going first. Just share something really lightweight with the group uh, in in whatever context you're in. And then you probably won't have to share again <laughs> because everybody else will then take over and will say, well, actually, I kind of, I only half agree with Mark that I feel like this. Mm. And I have found that um, post-COVID, certainly on, on the, the work side of things, you do just need one or two people to, mm. to express uh, something that it is, it's just openness, isn't it? It's not necessarily a vulnerability, mm. um, but to, to just step up and be a little bit brave. And actually, to your point about it's not necessarily uh, a vulnerability, it's just an openness. Maybe it's helpful to say, well, what is being vulnerable? Mm. Because a lot of times we think it means saying, I don't know what I'm doing, or let me list out for you the things I'm not good at doing. Here's my weaknesses. Uh, Here's an interesting, because you mentioned about the military earlier. I remember working with a guy who was ex-military and he's saying, hang on a second, identifying someone's vulnerability is how we attack them mm. in the military. So why would you want to expose your weaknesses, expose your vulnerabilities, which of course is a really um, specific mindset to bring yeah. to things that I'm exposing my weaknesses. But vulnerability is far broader than that. It could be about uh, sharing with you the journey that I've been on, like I mentioned earlier. This is the career path that I've been on. This is things that I've struggled with in the past that actually now I feel really confident about. Mm. But I'm a human being and I didn't always feel this confident. So in that sense, you're actually demonstrating your strength, but showing that you're still human and you had to develop that strength. Yeah. Or another thing, uh, sometimes to be vulnerable or to be brave is to ask a question that you don't know the answer to. So many times, particularly working with law firms, Mm -hmm. people say to me, you do not ask a question unless you already know the answer. But we need to ask questions that we don't know the answers to in order to encourage debate and collaboration. So maybe as well, there's something here about challenging what does vulnerability mean? It means being brave. It means doing something a little bit out of the comfort zone that builds trust and builds collaboration. Absolutely. And I think what what's interesting for me is I don't want to say this is a generational thing because that I think that would be generalizing too steeply. But there is, certainly within millennials, centennials, um, I'd probably say, people maybe our age and younger there is a there is a drive towards authenticity and there is a a drive towards um showing some kind of vulnerability showing that journey that you've been on i think for everybody slightly older than us and certainly into the boomer territory um there is a there's a professionalism or there's a drive for professionalism that can sometimes get in the way of that uh need for vulnerability in certain circumstances and what i'm finding fascinating is as we go through COVID and we're working with more and more people online, it's becoming harder and harder for people to maintain that professionalism because they've got dogs and cats who like to run over keyboards. They've got kids who want to give them cookies halfway through a meeting. And all of those things are really quite interesting and in that people are being forced to be vulnerable. Um, and I've noticed that 
there's a shift there's a very subtle shift taking place in terms of the quality of conversations mm. that we're having with people from all age groups now um and i think i mean i'm hopeful that it kind of sticks and i think for anybody listening to this podcast who is perhaps running their own business or is sort of thinking about their next career steps i would really strongly recommend that you you use and you understand vulnerability as a tool in the workplace for improving relationships mm. because the older generations are slowly but surely making their way out of our industries. Uh, the younger generations are coming through. And so as a positioning tool for the future, I think vulnerability, as well as things like authenticity, flexible working, you know, all of these things are actually going to become more and more prominent. And understanding them now, I think, will be an advantage to you. Definitely. And I think it's interesting that you use the term professionalism because we have a certain view of what professionalism means. And everybody's is different, I think. Exactly. I mean, our tagline has often been um, playful but professional. Or playfully professional. Yeah, well, one of the two. Link yeah. Between the I, two. We, we've tried to merge the two mm. there. And it has worked for us, in mm. all fairness. And I think we, you know, we, we had a client conversation recently and we basically won that work because of that playful, the, the playfulness. Yes. But the professionalism meant that he could take our work to his CEO and go, well, well these guys actually, they are professional. Mm. They just deliver it in a playful way. So, yes, yeah, so for us, there is this very slight mm. shift in uh, the way that people need to behave in a workplace. And that's what's interesting with the perhaps as you say if you wanted to go down a generational route here the more traditional view of professionalism is to have a very clear line between professional life personal life uh you know i don't talk about my family at work i don't bring my whole self to work there's this professional line mm. there whereas actually recognizing i'm one human being and that authenticity is about being a human being yeah. that's challenging that definition I also thought it was interesting with you talking about younger generations because I'm just coming off the back of watching the Netflix documentary The Social Dilemma mm. uh, which I highly recommend to our listeners as a challenge to the effects of social media. One of the challenges there is that the particularly those very young people who have grown up with smartphones and social media in their lives from middle school upwards is that they are constantly being trained by social media to get more likes, to mm -hmm. get more positive comments, to be open to public critique uh, all the time about everything. And what that's creating to a degree is a generation of people who don't feel comfortable making mistakes, mm -hmm. Uh, not getting it, it's kind of like a, a people pleaser type thing you know I, I want to get more likes I want to get more uh, positive comments and I wonder how that affects the I want to see authenticity but authenticity comes at a price of maybe other people won't like me or won't think I'm as strong in certain areas so I wonder actually if if what we're growing through social media at the moment is a bit of a challenge between authenticity and vulnerability yeah yeah and i i think i think with social media there is also an innate confidence and resilience you have to have in order to be sharing yourself in that way and i think we undervalue 
and don't recognize that in the conversations that we have about the impact of social media and i think there might be a way to leverage an individual's desire to share themselves in that way for the better Mm. um you know to say well if you've got the confidence to do this in this setting Mm. why Mm. wouldn't you have the confidence to do it in this setting and that's a learning agility question so i'm curious about how that will play out and i do i am very mindful obviously about saying the generational thing Mm -hmm. i I, i'm uncomfortable with that um it, it is a broad brush there are some some industries where i think you're right there are the definitions of professionalism are a little bit different to others uh law firms banking in particular spring to mind and i wonder why those industries are driven that way Mm. sometimes why are other industries allowed to have a little bit more flexibility a little bit more playfulness with uh the way that they conduct business And that's a really interesting point because if you've got people listening to this who are working in a software development company or a startup and it all feels very relaxed and, uh, you know, the whole idea of authenticity, vulnerability is almost encouraged and you've Mm. got other people listening who are saying, well, I work in one of those law firms, I work in one of those banks. The idea of me going in and being open with my colleagues about anything actually feels really uncomfortable yeah uh, and as you say that has been challenged by covid with seeing people's kids and dogs and cats and uh seeing into their personal lives and so there is a huge opportunity here for any of us as people managers mm. or people who are wanting to build closer relationships with their peers or across departments to take advantage of that mm. uh, so if you see a kid a cat uh, an interesting i had a, a guy i was working with the other day who had a like a row of med behind him and I was like oh tell me about this what what is this because it's an opportunity again to build a relationship Mm. take advantage yeah and I think what we're skipping out on here when we talk about why we haven't actually said why vulnerability is useful okay have we I feel like we have but why don't you say more about why you do see it's useful um because of the relationship building point I don't think we've talked about vulnerability I think we've 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 touched upon vulnerability as a way to build trust and to build relationships why is that useful Mm. i think when i look at some of the more successful uh, salespeople that i can think of they don't build trust they don't build relationships they plow in they're aggressive they absolutely smash their targets they've got absolutely no interest in doing the right thing by anybody other than themselves and their departments and we reward that when you look at some of the more aggressive uh, either CEOs or leadership teams that do the rounds uh, amongst some of the bigger companies when they need to be turned around, they're not being vulnerable and not building relationships. They're getting the job done and they're doing it painfully. And many, many people are being made redundant. When you look at some companies' responses to COVID, uh, there is a, uh, an airline based in the UK with a lovely flag on its bum um are going to hire and refire their staff that is aggressive uh business tactics that is that is not vulnerability that is not building trust so i guess my challenge to ourselves in this podcast is well why what what, what use is vulnerability what is the use of building trust or relationships with one another Mm. when actually some of the more successful companies that we can point our fingers at have got no interest in doing any of these things so hit me and that comes back to your military example earlier as well, if you want to take that pin out, yeah, that yeah. plenty of people in the military will say, this isn't necessary, get yeah. things done the aggressive way. 
so yes, you can get good results not doing any of this. Mm. The question is, how do you feel about yourself ethically doing that? So if you are very comfortable going down the aggressive route and driving results that way, uh, a lot of the, you know, if you think back to some of the books like Good to Great and Built to Last, looking at 50, 100 years of company histories to see, well, what is it that makes that difference for longevity in business? It is the relationships. It is mm. the trust. So you can certainly get a short-term result by pushing aggressively. And you can certainly see that some people get long-term results by pushing aggressively. Yeah. My question would be, how do you feel about that as a human being and ethically speaking, that there's going to be a balance there in saying, I'm going to sacrifice my ethics and go for this approach. Mm. If you want to be the kind of leader that inspires people, takes people with you, can encourage people to develop their careers and deliver great results, this is how you do it. It comes back to triple bottom line. Mm -hmm. So if we think purely about the bottom line as profit, go aggressive, be unethical. But if you have a triple bottom line of profit, people and planet, there is that ethical standpoint in there. And this is how you deliver that really well. And I think that's that should really sum up um, today's podcast. I think it should really sum up how we want to do business. Mm. And I think for anyone listening into this stuff to, to find the occasional tidbit on how to uh, influence people and all of those things and they do have a slightly more aggressive view of how to do business. I think ultimately you're going to be disappointed by this podcast because we'll always come back mm. to a variation of the people, planet, profit theme. It is what it is. And what, you know, there are consequences to that approach to business. We don't grow as quickly as our competitors. You know, we don't always pinch work off of our competitors. It's We work on a plenty mindset as opposed to a scarcity mindset although interestingly about pinching work from competitors we've had big projects come our way because our competitors were only interested in the profit that oh yeah that is true but i would yeah so we didn't purposefully go no. out to pinch that business no 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 that is but true but the business came to us because of our ethics and because of the way that we treat our customers and our people yeah and that for me where when people say i oh, was triple bottom line a bit cheesy is it all just a bit fluffy well, what do your customers want? Because if your customers are interested in triple bottom line, then you need to be as well. Mm. And so again, there's a, you know, if your customers are more interested in authenticity and ethics, then you need to be as well. Ooh. Ooh. A thought for the future, dear listeners. Yes. Well, let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much for your contribution, as always. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, next week, mm. what are we doing next week? I have no idea. We'll find out when we get there. Good plan. Have a great week, everybody. Ta-ra!